Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started with the episode, we are going to share some groovy St. Louis music with you all. This song is called Hotbox and is performed by Black Voodoo, produced by Kaysan, and the video was filmed by our good friend Calvin Tiger. You can find this track on all streaming sites and watch the video on YouTube as well as on this episode's page at thecepodcast.com. Enjoy. Even if you start 
doing things like this, like just simple things like letting people in front of you or paying it for by buying food for somebody or something like that. Even if you start doing those things in the beginning, even if it's kind of a selfish motive, I think if you keep doing it, it becomes not selfish anymore because it comes becomes kind of like a habit sort of like if I go to if I'm going to walk into a store and somebody's walking behind me and I open the door and let them go through first like like for me that's not I don't even really think of like second guess that I don't do it because I want the thank you from them it's just a matter of that's what you should do you should hold the door open for people Mm -hmm. you know so what I'm saying is like I guess paying it forward can kind of become a habit. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Hey everybody, just another reminder for you to go to buyjack.com slash CEP to pick up all of your CEP network gear, including the new hoodies and coffee mugs representing all three of the shows on our network, which includes CrusherCast, Raise on the Radio, and of course, the CEP. Also, head on over to truenutrition.com for all of your nutrition and supplement needs. And when you check out, be sure to use the code CEPN for a 5% discount on your total order. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring a cerebral chat that we titled Pay It Forward. During this episode, we talk some disc golf and try to define the culture of the game. Then we break down the concept of paying it forward and how it benefits all parties involved, different ways to pay it forward in public, and how overthinking can stifle a good deed. We also discuss giving random people advice in the gym and much more. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to keep those brains warm again. So without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me as always is my good friend Colt. I am always here. You're always here. Always. You would think you lived here or something. Maybe. Yeah? Maybe. And you probably live in this very room a lot of the times. Most of the time, like if I don't have control of the remote control. (laughs) I come in here which because is, I can get on like Netflix and things through my computer, which is nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if it's dependent on you not having control or remote control, meaning from the wife, then chances are you're in here most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Or okay. podcast editing or podcasting. Right. Or just taking a nap. You know. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really done that yet. Well, you don't really have the spot. To, you don't have the, the seating to at this point for a nap. Uh, you, the chair, I mean, you could nap in this chair, but you're going to be flopping over and falling around. And when a yeah. baby comes, I might have to figure out something, though. I'm you should get a cot, <laughs> a foldable cot, okay. like a camping cot. I can do that. Yeah. Uh huh. Which, speaking of, I'm tent shopping. I'm so excited to be shopping for a new tent. Yeah. Yeah, it's so much fun. I, I just <laughs> there's so many different varieties of tents, but yeah, I digress. Like, Looking forward you, you to should, summertime. You shouldn't man. digress though, because if, if people don't know, like me and you stood. Like we went and got a good lift in and then we go into the locker room and we stood there probably for 15 minutes. People just coming in and out and everything. And me and you were sitting there talking about tents <laughs> just in the middle of the locker room while people are changing and yeah. everything. It was, I just thought it was hilarious. I forgot that we were talking about tents in the I locker room. I just think room. about that sometimes because me and you have conversations like where we're in the locker room and it's like after we've already changed and we're getting ready to leave, uh-huh. we're just staying in there for like 15 minutes just talking about whatever while people are walking in and out or, you know, it's just, it's just funny. God knows what they think of us. Not that, not, not that it matters, but I mean, in all honesty, we should have our some kind of a podcast mic with us and record some of those conversations because I mean, a lot of them are probably not worth. What would we, what would we call it? Like the CEP locker room sessions? It's exactly what I was thinking of. I like exactly. it. I like it. You know, I like it. I mean, it. 
<laughs> there may be times where you get some extra audio that you don't really want if you're too close to the stall or True. if there's somebody showering or yeah it probably couldn't be a video podcast that's probably illegal i, I wouldn't want that anyway <laughs> <laughs> you know i wouldn't want to see a bunch of dudes walking around getting dressed or you know whatever and yeah no that's not that's not what we want to portray you know i mean yeah. it, it is what it is but the, the audio would work just fine and uh, it would be interesting, mm-hmm. and people would definitely look at us even in more of a peculiar manner than sure. what they already do. Right? Yeah. But it's I think it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad I idea. So. I think we could pull it off. We could, if anybody could, we could pull it off. Yeah, definitely. Well, the set, the I bet the audio isn't great in there, anyways. So echoey. It's part of the ambiance, though. You're talking about the locker room sessions. Obviously, you're going to have some locker room ambiance. Yeah. You know? I think they'd let us put up some, like, foam on the wall or something. No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay. But that's okay. It's a good thought. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, man, how's it going? You doing all right? I'm good. Yeah? I'm good. Good. Another uh, good. nasty Sunday out. But it is. It's good for podcasting. and Good for podcasting, not for disc golf. Here we are. You've got me all amped up. I've been a total of one time out on the disc golf course. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost immediately ordered my first set mm-hmm. on Amazon. They came in. Uh, you supplied me with a bag. Thank you very much. Since you got a new one, you uh, give me your uh, your bag to use. And I appreciate that. And it's just sitting there because it's a rainy, boggy, freaking mud pit that we live in Other right now. nature is an ass right now. She it's really like, is. oh, cool! You bought new discs and a new bag because you really want to play disc golf. Uh-huh. All right, well, here's a tsunami that's going to make for what four days, and then it's going to be nasty for the next week too. So you're not going to want to play. Yes, so that's cool. Uh-huh. Thanks for that. We yeah. need an indoor course. I've thought about that, but how do you do that though? You know, because it's like it'd be very big. It has to be very big, and it would be interesting because of the roll that you would get hmm. on the concrete floor. You know what I'm saying? True, yeah. It's like when that thing was up on its on its side and took mm-hmm. off rolling, it would, it would do all kinds of funky stuff. Right. But having said that, there would be less chance of you throwing one deep into the woods where I have to crawl through the sticker bush. <laughs> That's always a good a good thing. No, I do that doesn't happen very often anymore, but every once in a while that little pinky gets stuck underneath it. If if I'm just trying to like launch it and my pinky gets stuck underneath it to where it doesn't release when I want it to, and then it ends up up there <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. Where luckily everything's dead still, so we were able to see it where it landed in the woods. Yeah. And you were able to climb through sticky bushes <laughs> and all that to get it. Yeah. And I felt bad because you were doing that, but I didn't feel bad because I didn't have to do it. <laughs> well, in all fairness to you and your conscious, you didn't ask me to. That's true. Um so I just, when I saw it, I was, I just focused in, I get, you know, laser focus. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I wanted to go after it. Right. I saw it, it was a mission <laughs> and I chose to accept the mission without right. really thinking about it too much. But well, I am, I do want to give a shout out to Smoke and Ace's disc golf shop up in Winsville because okay. we did go up there yesterday, me and the wife Okay, went to do some baby shopping and I kind of threw out the, uh, well, if you're going to make me baby shop today, you should let me like spend 10 minutes in here. It's only fair. It's only fair. And then I spent $120. Also only fair. Only fair. But uh, I did get five new discs, which are pretty sweet. One that's called a Colt, which is pretty neat. Yes. Um, So I'm excited to throw them. And I'm excited. Now I have a full bag, so even you can throw some and get comfortable with some before you have to order more. Yes. You know, 
like me, I started out with an actual Frisbee playing this game, which apparently you get reamed on social media for if you try to post that and say you were playing disc golf with a Frisbee. I could imagine. People don't like that. Yeah. So uh, like I'm playing golf with a tennis ball or something. Right. Yeah. I'm getting in the groove of things now. I'm yeah. excited. It's going to be fun. So what is it about disc golf? Because I can see now, I, I never really, I've heard of it for a while, never really paid a whole lot of attention to it. You know, and I, I could say I had a passing interest in it, but not enough to actually pull the trigger on it until you took me out to play just, you know, not too long ago. Um, what kind of a culture are we dealing with here? Like the people who play disc golf, do they fit into a category? You know, like with golf, you've got usually typically, you know, the it's more of a, I don't want to say richer, but it, it, it's it's where you can wear silly pants or silly shorts, you know, and your golf shoes and get out there and you wag your butt and you hit the ball. I don't know. It's just a particular kind of person, you know, just like, I don't know. I, I think the same way about people who play basketball, I guess, you know, just a particular that that was the culture I was in when I was when I was young, growing up into my even my early twenties was uh, I was all about the basketball, you know, and hitting the street, um, the, the 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 parks, you know, things like that, street ball, and playing a lot of basketball. And I, I don't know that just that culture. It was kind of like a uh, you know I had my shorts, my long shorts, and my basketball shorts. It's pretty much all I ever wore with the high tops, and mm-hmm. that was just kind of my my style too. Does does disc golf have any kind of a culture that's you can really? I mean, you would Define. think, so you would think, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me, and this is not coming by from a pro by any standpoint at all. I, I'm very new to this game, but I've had a lot of people ask me like, what, like just what is disc golf? Mm. Like literally, you know, we have like four or five really decent courses around here. And most people, like if they could, if they drive by a park, they'll see the basket out there, there are baskets out there, but they don't know what, what you do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I posted on social media a couple weeks ago and I got to work the next day and somebody was like, OK, seriously, what is disc golf? Like, how do you play? I, and I mean, just basically it's it's golf. But instead of a hole to put a ball in, it's a a basket and it's a disc. I mean, it, it, in reality, that's if you break it down, that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. You're still playing by pars and birdies and bogeys and eagles. And I'm not playing with eagles or birdies barely. But still, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you break it down, that's what it is. But yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's a very tricky game. There's a lot of different things to it. And I kind of combine it with like bowling too, because it's kind of like you, the disc is made to do what it's going to do. So like, I don't know if you know much about bowling, but you have weighted bowling balls that some are more weighted than others and things like that to where there's more spin on the ball. So some people, that depends on where you got to throw it and all that kind of stuff. A disc is kind of the same way too. A disc is made to do one certain thing. You just have to make it work for you and throw it the way it needs to be thrown to do its thing. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of, so it's kind of along those lines. But as far as culture goes, so far what I can tell is the culture is awesome. Like everybody who plays is really good people, it seems like. Mm. Everybody's really nice to each other. You know, there's forums on like Facebook where people get on there and um, hey, I found this disc at you know, so-and-so park yesterday. Uh, there's no name on it. If you can claim it, it's your, you know, come get it. Or, uh, you know, I found this, uh, I'm going to leave it over here at the park so you can go get it if you, if it's yours, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, I, so, so, so far the culture is really cool. Now golf is, a there's a lot of good people, good people to play golf too, but it, there's kind of a snobby culture that That's can exactly come what I was along say. with golf, you know? Yeah. 
Um, I don't really feel that way with with this. Maybe it's because you're playing in like a park versus mm-hmm. like an actual golf course that people pay money to do. Right. And it's free. There's no like so far. There's no like club memberships. Right. So I'm a member of this country club. And if you're just uh, here, you know, just to play a day. Right. Then you're beneath me. Right. You're beneath <laughs> my golf cleat. And how dare you even make <laughs> eye contact with me? Right. I've had those run ins on the golf course before. Right. But you know what's funny is like when we were leaving the disc golf shop yesterday with these discs. I said I spent like 120 bucks, and uh, my wife goes, "You just spent 120 dollars in there." And I was like, "All right, here's the deal." Before I started disc golf, we played golf quite a few times every year, right? Yeah. I was like, "Think about, okay, yeah, I bought discs, but anywhere I go to play, it's free, right?" And so, if you take that into account versus how many times we would have to buy golf balls. Um, and then pay everywhere you go to play golf, which is not cheap, which is not cheap in most places, you know, and things like that. I was like within maybe four or five times of playing in a year of golf, I paid for these discs that I can go play for free anywhere I want to anytime I want. Right. And plus something me and you've been talking about a lot lately. It's cardio, man. It, mm-hmm. it's, there's some courses um, that, you know, like that right down the road, um, there's one that's really hilly that's up in the woods and you know has valleys and everything else too i mean there, there's some good cardio that goes along with yeah with disc golf too so it's uh i'm excited for the summer it's gonna be fun good yeah i, I am i saw a post the other day and it just, just totally struck me it says i'm gonna summer this summer like i've never summered before <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's that's how i'm feeling man i need it after after last year and just after 2021 so far i'm ready to summer this summer man yeah and so it's definitely going to include some disc golf yeah and some tent camping Absolutely. and some floating and there's gonna you know it's, it's gonna be uh, i'm looking forward to this summer yeah um, and yeah I'm, I'm happy that disc golf has that kind of a, an atmosphere and i think you're right i think it probably has to do with uh, the nature of the game being outside um and it's free and so so far it's just it seems like it's a it's a happy place to be it, it's a good time i mean in and, a lot and, of respects and i'm not saying that it's the same way everywhere I, i'm just talking about our area sure, in general yeah. it seems that way like um you know i told you the first time we me and my nephew went and played we played with frisbees like we didn't really know what we were doing we just went out there to play and while we're out there we're out in the middle of the woods not knowing what we're doing and these guys that were on the course came up and just gave us two discs and was like, here, you know, throw throw these. Yeah. And they they even took the time to stand there and tell us how to throw them differently than a Frisbee and stuff like that. I, I don't know these people. I've never met them in my life. They're like, here, stop embarrassing yourself with these Frisbees. Right. And- I mean, yeah, you could take it that way but if you still, wanted to. But still, it's still a nice thing to do. They could have just pointed and laughed. Right. But, I mean, from for the most part, the, cult, the culture that I've seen, the people around, at least around this area, are very nice and we'll take the time to, you know, if you have questions to ask, you know, ask and they'll they'll try to give you, you know, whether they can, which I'm not that kind of guy. I'm not going to burden people with. But I do need to get some people, some friends of ours that we know out on the course with me to kind of show me a yeah, few things. But. I got you. Well, I've been scouring YouTube a little bit, watching mm-hmm. some some videos, mostly on form, you know, on, on throwing the, the disc and things like that just the the basics right now because that's what i need because i, I don't know what i'm doing yet mm-hmm. but i'm interested yeah it, it's got me I'm, I'm hooked so far so can't wait to get out and play some more but you mentioned how those guys just kind of come out there and give you a disc and, and kind of showed you what was up um, kind of a, a pay it forward type of thing mm-hmm. you know that's that was just a good thing to do and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier and we decided to go ahead and 
talk more and discuss, kind of unpack some of the concepts of paying it forward, things like that, that the reason why it intrigues me so much is because of the ripple effect, you know, that it has. And I give you a, a short example and it, it's not a lot of impact. There's not a lot of, to, not a lot of like nothing to the story, but just the other day I was at, at Casey's, right? Gas station, a little convenience store. And I was getting something or the other. I don't even remember. And I'm standing in line and there's this old guy, ancient. He must be 117. I don't know. He was just very old in front of me in line. And then in front of him, there was this little girl and there was nobody in the two registers that they had. There was nobody up there. They, she was off doing something else. And then she was on the phone and it's just one of those annoying things. And I was, was in like a super hurry and I didn't feel like I was portraying myself to be in a super big hurry. Right. I just, I might've had a little bit of a look of discontent mm -hmm. because of the nature of what was going on there. She wasn't doing a very good job of getting people in and out of the store. And usually when you go to a convenience store, that's one of the things I'm looking for. I want to get in and out. Right. Right. So I'm standing there and the old timer says, Hey, you know, you go ahead and go in front of me. I figure, well, he's, he's very old and he's not, he's not trying to go anywhere anytime really quickly. So, um, so I move up next, I, I move up to behind the little girl and she says, here, you can go in front of me. And so I get up to the front of the line and it just struck me. And I told them both, thank you. And I told them both again on my way out. It's like, thank you very much. Usually on, on a lot of occasions, I would even deny that. I was like, no, no, I'm in no hurry. You go ahead. Right. You know, mm -hmm. you do that. And, but this time, I don't know. I just accepted it and let it have a positive effect on my attitude that day. You know what I'm saying? Because I really didn't need to get in front of an old man <laughs> and a young girl, right? <laughs> right. Out of those, out of us three, I was the one who really should have been, you know, the, the guy who was helping the other two out. Right. But they offered and I took it. And like I said, it, it, and it did, it had a positive net impact on, on my attitude that day, on my perspective, because I probably was, I, you know, sometimes I get in a pissy mood, right? And with things going on, sometimes it's compounded by more things that just, you know, gets worse and worse. Right. But I really didn't even notice that day that I was going down that track, but I did notice the inverse, like when something good did happen. I noticed how much it did actually lift me out of whatever kind of mood I was in that I wasn't even really being mindful of. Did it did it make you feel like you needed to pay it forward like we're talking about, like to do that, something like that for someone else? Like not immediately. What, what, it, what it does, though, is I let it impact me in a way to where that kind of I'm more mindful, more conscious of doing those things more often yeah. and not letting my own mood cause me to. I don't put blinders on to the positive things around me or to doing something positive in the face of crap going on in life. You know, yeah. when we're having our worst day, when we're having a bad time and we're in a, a foul mood for, for whatever reason, that's when we should really try our hardest to do something positive. Right. You know, that's when it's going to make the biggest impact on ourselves for sure. But you probably on other people too, in my experience, you know, yeah, interesting story that kind of goes along with this. So me and my wife were at Lowe's, uh, uh, this was last year sometime, and there was an older gentleman who uh, you could tell, like, or he, he was in a cart, like the mobile carts you ride around Lowe's. Mm -hmm. He was one of those, but he was, like, his attitude was, you could tell, was like, I'm retired, I'm in no hurry, I'm just here buying a pack of screws or what, whatever it was. It was something small that he was buying. 
Um, and we had a couple more things than he did, but he still was like, here, go on ahead of us or go, go on ahead of me. You know, and we're like, are you sure? There's no reason to, you got one thing. And he's like, no, no, go ahead. So we go ahead and we get up to the, to pay and something was wrong with something that we bought. There wasn't a tag on it or what, something like that. And it took maybe five to 10 minutes longer, uh, while people were waiting in line behind us. Um, so we're, so my wife feels bad about it because this guy, for one, let us go ahead of him, and now he's got to wait even longer. So she just went and grabbed his screws and put them on the thing and said, here, I want to pay for his his stuff too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's an interesting... Like, like So she, fe- she felt bad because he had to wait, even though it wasn't our fault. Like it was something that had to do with Lowe's. Yeah. But it was like she felt bad, so... It was like giving back to him for giving us the the right away in front of him. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I just thought that was that was kind of funny. But um, the the re- the reason that this whole conversation really came up between me and you was because so I was in line at Taco Bell, okay. And every time I've gone through fast food here lately, I've always been thinking about this whole pay it forward thing you, you hear about it in the area some you know you'll see like if you follow any of the groups on like the what's going on in our county and whatnot on facebook mm-hmm. you know every once in a while you'll see somebody say i don't know who it was in the red truck but you know you paid for my meal and it made my day and this that and the other so i started i, I i've been thinking about that a lot and i i just about pulled the trigger in taco bell parking lot um for buying the person's food behind me okay the reason I didn't, and this is weird, and I and I I shied away from it right as I got up to it. So like I had a car in front of me, I was sitting there waiting while they were paying, and I was thinking, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'll I'll go ahead and pay for the people behind me. So my brain works this way. I got up to the thing, and I happened to look back, and the woman's car behind me had her window down. And my brain goes, Well, if I'm gonna do this, I don't want them to hear me do it. So I talk myself out of buying their food because then it just seems weird. Like I I wanted it to be a, when they get up there, they had no idea this was going to happen, but now they're going to hear me say it Yeah, and then see me drive away. And not that that's still not going to make the same impact, but it's to me, it does somehow. Hmm. Right. And also I was, I was internally having a fight wondering, am I doing this? Okay. First off, it shouldn't matter either way, but am I doing this because I want to see a post on Facebook later that says the guy in the red truck, thank you so much for buying my Taco Bell? Yeah. Or am I doing this because it's just a nice gesture to do for somebody and you don't know what kind of situation they're in? It could have possibly made their entire week. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Should it matter? Probably not. It's still a good gesture to do. It's a nice thing to do. In all fairness, your truck's not red though. It's more of a maroon. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you and I have had this conversation before. We have. Not about the truck, but about, yeah. I guess, expecting the return or, or expecting good things, doing something good because you expect something good to happen to you or just even feeling good about it, yeah. which is in and of itself, in your perspective, at least what you struggle with, mm-hmm. is a selfish motive. And I, I still push back against that quite a bit. Because of because of the ripples that it does cause, right? If it makes you feel a little prideful because you're like, yeah, I did that thing 
and I'm a better person, I'm a good person, and it just kind of inflates your ego or whatever the case may be, your your moral compass, what your perception of such, whatever, then okay, but like you said, what if it did completely turn that person's day around and they were having a crap day like you know, like what I've experienced? Because I have another story about Aldi's. And uh, it, it, I mean, that time at Aldi's, it it completely, completely turned my day around. Like the, the time at Casey's, it was a, it was an uplifter. And I noticed it and I let it impact me. I let the positivity run through me, you know, and, and just let it take its course. Because even if I don't intentionally at that point in time turn around and do something good because something good happened to me, right? Mm-hmm. I think that the that momentum uh, of that positive gesture carries on in some good way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just think that's how it happens. You can call it karma or whatever. Uh, I just call it a wave of positivity, and it catches you, and you can ride that thing. But at any rate, I think that it it doesn't necessarily matter whether or not you're you have a little bit of a selfish motive, just a little bit, because it's very difficult for me to believe that. Mother Teresa or Gandhi or, you know, whomever doesn't have a little bit of a, you know, a, not a necessarily a prideful motive, but they, if, if they're, if they're thoughtful at all about the process, they know how things work. It's just the way of the, of the world, the way of the universe, right? You know, positive things equal positive things, right? For the most part. And so when something like that happens, then you, I don't, I think you just got to accept it. Well, I was kind of thinking about that too, though. Like, even if you start, doing things like this like just simple things like letting people in front of you or paying it for by buying food for somebody or something like that even if you start doing those things in the beginning even if it's kind of a selfish motive i think if you keep doing it it becomes not selfish anymore because it comes becomes kind of like a habit sort of like if i go to if i'm gonna walk into a store and somebody's walking behind me and I open the door and let them go through first. Like na- like for me, that's not, I don't even really think of like second guess that. I don't do it because I want the thank you from them. It's just a matter of that's what you should do. You should hold the door open for people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, what I'm saying is like, I guess paying it forward can kind of become a habit that you, it's just, you know, not even a, a thought anymore. Yeah. It just kind of happens. Second nature. So you're not necessarily getting the feeling of, um, I guess it's, it's something you don't think about because you don't have to think about it ahead of time. You just do it instead of like those people that were in line at Casey's. They may not have been thinking about, I'm going to let this guy go in front of me because it's going to make me feel good. It's more of this guy don't have very many things. Let I'll let him go in front of me. That's it. That's all, all it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I don't know. I think they sensed that I was in a hurry. Yeah. Which once again, I really wasn't. I was just kind of like not in a great mood, I guess. And so this lady up here taking her time and her doing her thing. I guess it was affecting me more than it was them. Yeah. And it's because I really, once again, I didn't feel like it was much of an outward expression that I was portraying, but looking back, I, I know I was annoyed mm-hmm. and I think they just spotted that and they, they weren't so annoyed by it. And they wanted to, to help me out with, like you said, with no expectations of, you know, me thanking them or something right. good happening to them, some kind of a windfall of goodness. Well, what I about think people just do that, you know? So, and we may have talked about this before. It kind of seems familiar. But what about like if you're going to pay it forward in a drive through, you're going to pay for somebody's meal in front and behind you. And you hope there's not a family of seven who are <laughs> very, very hungry. Well, OK. So for one, I think no matter what your motive is on buying the food for the person behind you, 
you're going to look and see how many people are in that car. <laughs> I just think that's a thing that's going to happen. You're not, unless you've got just money to blow, that right. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're not going to just, you're not going to not, not look in your side view mirror to see if there's 23 people in that car uh-huh. or if it's just one, you know, it's a basketball or team. you're not going to kind of try to hear what they're ordering or you're not going to try to, um, see how long they are at the, uh, the, what, what's that thing called? Just the microphone, I guess. Yeah. Um, intercom, you know, yeah, the intercom just to, you know, pay attention to how long they're there. Cause you know, if they're just ordering a soda, it's not, it's going to be like, Hey, I need a Pepsi. And then they drive on up. Yeah. You know, I, I think those are there, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like if you place a, if you place a price tag on it, does that take away from the good gesture somehow? So, so yeah, to an extent though. It's like, because if it is a basketball team that just got done with their game and they're all hungry, um, I, I don't roll like that. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have that kind of money. Right. Maybe if I get this stimmy that Biden's still at us, you know, maybe I can go do that. Now, for, I mean, listen, you can just hope that they're buying off the dollar menu and maybe they bought seven burgers that cost. True. You know, true. no, I, but, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's perfectly okay to mitigate that potential issue by, Asking the person at the register, letting them know, hey, I, you know, I was considering paying for their meal. How much was it? And maybe having a limit for yourself. So maybe it's twenty dollars. And if you and it ends up being twenty four, you're like, yeah, I've got four more. I can go ahead and do that. Or if it ends up being, you know, twenty four and you don't have the extra, well, here I want to put this toward there, and so they only owe four bucks. That's not a bad idea. You know, so yeah. you you kind of set your own limit based off of what you can give. Let's Look, if- I'd like to go build a, a an orphanage for for you know. For orphans, right? Right. But I don't have the kind of jack to do that, you know. So my intentions are good, but you've got to, you've got to deal with the resources that you've got on hand, and that's that's all you can do, you know. But you're still trying to do a good thing. Yeah, but see, that's where my thing comes in. Like my brain gets in, involved in it again too, where it's like, what if, like, what if the person behind me has their window rolled down and they hear me say, "Hey, how much was theirs behind me?" And then it's like, you know, forty five dollars, and I'm just like okay, well, I'm just going to pay for mine and leave. And they heard that. Now, I may never see that person again behind me, but still, it's like, if you want to ruin somebody's day, that's a good way to do it. Like, they thought about buying my food and then decided not to. So, I I don't know. But still, I mean, set yourself that limit. If you're going to do it, set yourself a limit of, you know, 20, whatever it is. Right. And put that toward their meal. And so, they get like half off. Right. Almost, if yeah. that's the case. That's yeah. still going to that's still gonna be good. Right, you know, yeah. They're still going to appreciate that because they were expecting to spend 45 bucks. But, they, it, but it's still a weird, it's still a weird scenario for like the cashier because I guess when they, because when the next person drives up, they're like, hey, they paid for half of your meal. Like that's, I don't know. Yeah. It's still something. It, I, it is. It's still I, something. I, just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think, I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, a, I'm I do that a lot. Actually. I know you do. <laughs> but it seems to me like, if you have to put too much thought into it, it kind of takes away from the sense of genuineness for you. Yeah. It's like if you can't just do it and move on and, right. and not think about it, hopefully, then it really takes some of the impact away from for you, mm-hmm. you know. And that's understandable to a degree, but at the same, the same time, I would urge against not doing things because thoughts get in the way because it's still a good thing, you know, and your intention still yet goes a long way. I I believe that it's, it's the motive in and of itself. I think somehow, some way, and this might be magical thinking, I don't know, but somehow, some way, I think the, your motive carries the weight of the positive 
wave vibe, if you will, that's going out. You know, and I think if you're not doing it for the right reason, probably still some things, good things are going to happen if, if you're helping people. But I don't think the that positive momentum is quite as impactful. Mm-hmm. And, and once again, I, I may just be using, you know, some kind of uh, karma-based magical thinking <laughs> in that. But that's the way I think about it. Yeah. So I just always try to keep my intentions as good as possible, you know, the best I can do and uh, do the best I can. Right. So that before we move on, that time at Aldi's, this was a time where because usually, and this was a lesson for me in, in a couple different ways. I usually, like if someone offers something like to get ahead of them, like, no, no, don't worry about it. I'm I'm okay. I'm not in a hurry. You know, it's fine because they're being nice because at a grocery store, especially like Aldi's, I've got like maybe two or three things in my hands and they've got a cart full. So they know that I'm going to get in and out of there really quickly. Plus Aldi's, man, they are quick. Those cashiers, (laughs) man, you've got to be on your game (laughs) because they're waiting on you Uh to pay for the stuff. Right. They're already done. Anyway. Um. So I've got two or three things, and the person you know in front of me has got the cart full. But I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm in no hurry. You know, I'm in no hurry. That's kind of my way of, in my my mind, of giving back in in a way of of yeah. being positive. It's like right. I appreciate your gesture, but you go ahead. You right. know, I'm I'm not in a hurry. But thank you for you know. I always say thank you. But- no, but but it's but it's also one of those things. If you think about the other side of it, so like if I'm if I'm in a store and I have a whole cart full of stuff, and you have three things in your hand, and it would take you two seconds to get to this line. If I say, hey, go ahead of me, that's fine, you know, no big deal. And you decline, you say, I'm not in a hurry. If something happens and now, and we, it takes forever for us to get through that line. Now I feel bad because the person behind me, now I shouldn't because they declined. Mm -hmm. That's on them now. But then again, it's like, I'm telling you, my brain is like this. Like I'm thinking... Now, you know, this person, I understand they declined it, but they're sitting back there thinking, oh, I should have taken it now because now we're waiting forever to get through to get through my stuff. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. I if, maybe, maybe if I just I, have too much anxiety. If, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm the guy with a cart and that happens, I'm like, I told you you should have went in front of me. <laughs> I'm going to make a job. I'm going to make light of it. You know, Yeah. right. But anyway, back to Aldi's. So I, I'm I'm the guy with just a couple things in my hands mm-hmm. and there's lines on, on both registers that were open. And this lady says, here, you come and get in front of us, her and her husband. I'm like, no, it's okay. She's like, no, for, come over here. I'm like, no, no, I, I like it here. I started making a joke <laughs> about it. It's like this, I like this spot a lot. She's like, okay. Well, then the lady over on this side says, hey, no, you can get in front of me. I was like, no, no, it's okay. You know, was, Next thing you know, everybody in the line is like, no, get up here, get up here. They made me come to the very front. Everybody, like probably I would say at least six people or couples with carts made me get up in front and they were all just like, Oh yeah, get up there <laughs> cheering me on. And I was like, okay. Was with the, and I needed it that day. Like this was uh, a big turnaround. Uh-huh. It's like, I even tried to deny, you know, it, they, <laughs> that day positivity wasn't happening. It was not going to let me just continue to mull around in right. my, in the, in the mully grubs. <laughs> right. It wasn't going to continue to let me just sob around and being in a bad mood. It was going to compel me very, uh, I wouldn't say forcefully, but uh, very assertively, mm-hmm. positivity was that day to the front of the line. It was just like they were all cheering me on. It's like, you can do this. Get in a better fucking mood, <laughs> man. You've got this. 
And I, I literally walked out of that place with a like a smile on my face, which I don't really do unless I'm laughing. Yeah. Right. I was just smiling like a goof. <laughs> and it, it changed the entire trajectory of my evening. And it was a bad day, like one of those bad days. Mm-hmm. Right. I was I was pissed off at the world. If someone if, if it would have been the opposite, if it would have been a negative interaction of some kind. I probably would have popped off, you know, and I don't really do that either. It takes a lot. Mm -hmm. But it was one of those days, Mm -hmm. right? I was having a bad day. And I walked out of that place with a goofy smile, perma smile. That, and and but they were all in concert together. They they were all cheering me on. And they they weren't going to let me not get to the front of the line, right? right? Uh They were going to turn around the situation. It was that that forceful application of, of just a positive attitude. So I learned a couple of things there. A... When you're, when you're trying to do something positive, sometimes you got to be a little assertive. But also I learned how much it meant to those people for me to take them up on that offer. you know. And so fast forward to Casey's the other day. Um, I took them up on that offer without even really thinking about it much and made sure that I thanked them them both mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. you know, for, for because I want them to know that I appreciated their gesture and that right. their gesture is not going unnoticed, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's important for us to do that for other people too who are doing nice things for us, Yeah. right? And so maybe that's why... People do post, you know, the red truck brought, uh, bought my my lunch, you know, in the drive-thru at Taco Bell, whatever. Maybe that's why they do that, because they they want that person to feel like they're being noticed or for it just not to go unnoticed, period, maybe, even mm-hmm. though that person might not see that Facebook post. They just want to make sure that they give a shout out to the positive thing that happened to them today, right? Yeah. And I, I so I think that is more important, the, the concept of allowing someone to to be impacted by that positive thing. Um, whether whether or not they are the ones who are the receiver or the giver of the positivity, right. because it works both ways. Yeah. So there is no, in my opinion, it, once again, it kind of uh, pushes back against your your anxiety, as you put it. But <laughs> you're overthinking on some things yeah. of this nature, because the positive just needs to be. It just needs to happen, you know. Right. So if you got to push some, through some anxiety and you got to overthink it a little bit until, like you said, you do it so much that it becomes second nature and you don't think about it so much anymore because it's just who you are. Right. Then I, I think it's what you got to do is just push through. I like know? it. Yeah. Now, I talked about the assertiveness of, of the positivity there for a minute. You and I were also talking about this, and I, I, I find this interesting because there's – I, I don't know. I, I think there's just the, the two sides of this coin are, are very um, different for me. <coughs> but we were talking about. <coughs> I might die. Yes. <coughs> That's what we were talking about. Uh huh. <coughs> okay, we're back. Ooh. Are you back? Yep. That's good. Good. It's good to have you back, man. <coughs> I missed you there for a minute. Um, being in the gym mm-hmm. and seeing someone who has either terrible form or they they don't know how to use a machine properly or something along those lines mm-hmm. where your instinct at least for a lot of people is to go over and say hey can i help you learn how to do this can i show you something here um so you in, in a way that's kind of like paying it forward in a sense right you're trying to help them to achieve better form or better knowledge of the machine or whatever the case may be because you they, they need to. If, if they continue to use it wrong, A, they might hurt themselves. Um, they might not, you know, make any kind of significant gains whatsoever based on what they're doing. They might be, you know, kind of in a sense wasting their time. Maybe not. They're still lifting something. They're going to get something. But anyway, you want to go over and help them because it's kind of in a sense paying it forward in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. How do you feel about that? I, it's taken a lot of years to, this, okay, this is going to sound shitty to me. 
but it's taken a lot of years for me to stay away from doing that and just kind of stay to myself and not do it. Um, I've just had interactions where I've tried to be that guy who walked up and be like, and, and so here's why, you know, I've been, I've lifted at a lot of gyms since I started lifting, which was like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And there were instances that I can remember right off the top of my head where I had guys who were like massive guys in these gyms who, when I, what I wasn't very big, I was, I was a small guy. didn't really know much of what I was doing, who these guys would come up and make the effort to tell me, give me examples of exercises to do, or tell me to do this instead of that or something like that. And that actually, I mean, that motivated me to keep going. Like it, it almost felt like, they seen something in me that I can be better or do better or something along those lines. Even if that's just in my head, that's what, that's how I felt. And I, for a long time, it took a long time for me to get comfortable, like with myself enough to be able to think that I can go up and tell somebody and they're going to be comfortable receiving information from me on doing anything. Like that took a long time because I don't want to be the guy who walks up and says, Oh, you should do this instead of this or whatever. And they just look at me like, really? You're not one to talk to me right now. And it may be judgment on my part, but I see people in our gym that we go to that I look at and I'm like, you know, try to lead by example a little bit, at least like if you're going to train or you're going to, you know, show people how to do things the right way, but you clearly don't care to do things the right way on your part. Like that's kind of, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not big on that, but yeah, I'm just, and then there was a time where I was doing uh, what were considered first time workouts at our gym. And uh, I kind of got in the, you know, so basically when people would join the gym, if they wanted to learn how to use the machines and stuff like that, learn things here and there, I would set up meetings with them and they would come in and I would show, well, I'd show them the rigmarole of everything and how to do things and all that. Um, so I kind of got used to doing that well. One day I was at the gym and I was lifting right next to the hack squat and this guy and I'll show I, I, he's he's one of the bigger guys that are in our gym now and you'll know who, um, who I'm talking about. I'll show you. But anyway, so I'm lifting next to it and I notice he's doing the hack squat, but he's not going down very far. He's just like not even like to where his butt and his knees are level. He's just going down a certain amount, certain way, and then going up, back up. But he's got a massive amount of weight on the hack squat. He's got like, um, I mean, I say massive, but massive for like our area of people. You yeah. know, you're, it was probably like 500 pounds on the hack squat. And he's not going down very far. And I'm thinking, you know, that's, for somebody that big, you would think you would be smart enough. Let's lower the weight. Let's get a good range of motion out of this instead of going down like, you know, a little ways in the back up. So I felt the need to ask him and I, I did, I asked him, I didn't tell him, I asked him, I said, you know, why don't you do a full range of motion in this, uh, in this exercise? And like I said, this guy's a lot bigger than me, a lot bigger than me. And, uh, I said, why don't you do the, the full range of motion in this exercise? It's like, you get a lot of better, lot of good benefits by lowering the weight and doing this. So he looked at me and I could tell he was annoyed by me, by me saying it. And, uh, he told me that he's got tendonitis in his knees and, uh, he's, I don't remember what else he said. He says something else. But since that day, 
I can just feel that when he sees me in the gym, he's like, that's that dude that's way smaller than me that tried to tell me how to hack squat. Yeah. And ever since then, I can't do it anymore. Now, would it benefit me to see somebody in the gym that I know has no idea what they're doing to walk up and say, hey, you know, just to help you out or hear some advice or whatever might make their day. It may motivate them to keep going. But ever since that day, man, I'm just like that. That's that situation can go either way. Yeah. They, they can look at you, be like, get the fuck away from me. Or they can be like, oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. You know, so long story short, since I said the wrong since I tried to give advice to the wrong person at one time, now I don't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good thing? Probably not, but it's just the way it goes. I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's appropriate though. When, when you're actually giving advice or instruction or something like that, it's kind of a different animal than just paying for someone's food or letting them in front of you in line, right? Okay. Because A, you may be even your intentions are good you may come across as abrasive or annoying to that person and that there's so many factors that that could you know that could cause mm -hmm. um, them to feel that way like for instance this guy felt like maybe it was best that he didn't use full range of motion but still was getting some benefit out of the the range that he did have and being in the gym he was probably waiting for someone like begrudgingly, you know, anticipating someone to tell him that he's not doing it right. And so when you did, it may have, you know, rubbed him the wrong way. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And I don't even think it's necessarily, I, I think if someone is bigger, obviously they've, they've done a lot of work or they're just, you know, genetically gifted, whatever. And then someone who is smaller and seemingly less experienced does give that advice. That's probably a recipe for, for that kind of reaction. Mm -hmm. But I don't even think it's just that. Like, I've seen a lot of different scenarios. I myself, for the most part, I, and I don't mean to, but in a lot of ways in public, I seem unapproachable. And I don't know why. It used to be a curse when I was in school and things like that. I was, uh, I was a timid, quiet guy who people just didn't talk too much. I didn't mean for it to happen. I, you know, people used to call me a snob. I'm like, snob? It's, why would I be a snob? It's like, I'm not, I don't have money. You know, I don't, I don't have class or anything. I'm just here. Right. <laughs> I don't have class. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just, I was the smart kid, but I, I wasn't a snob. Yeah. But anyway, um, cause I got picked on for that too. But nowadays I understand that it's, it's kind of like, it's a more of a blessing than it is a curse. It's more of a gift that I have because I'm not rude. I'm not for the most part, I'm not, you know, mean or abrasive to people. They just don't feel like they can, they can approach me like, you know, you know, friendly way. I have to give signals and usually make the first step and then I can break the ice, which I also used to suck at very badly. Now I've gotten pretty good at breaking the ice with most people. So it works out well. Anyway, my point is I don't have a lot of people coming and giving me, like advice in any kind of instruction or anything like that. But I see it happening with other people and I see it happening for different reasons. Like for instance, example, number one, old boy who sees little hottie over there doing an exercise. And so he feels the need to go over there to show her, you mm -hmm. know, what to do. I, and I'm sure that, you know, a lot of little hotties are used to that. Um, the guys coming over and say, Hey, you want me to show you how to, how you can do this better mm -hmm. and things like that. So obviously in my mind, there's already that ulterior motive, you know, right. And not that necessarily he's trying to get laid, but probably, but even just trying to play the big guy, you know, the, the you know, the guy who knows everything in the gym and I can show you what's up and now you look up to me and so on. E ego booster. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Then there's other scenarios where somebody might just not be, and I've seen this too, somebody's just really not trying to hear it. You know, they're obviously, and I, I see some terrible, terrible formats. I know you do too in the gym, like people who will t- do something and it just looks brutal. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know what it is they're trying to accomplish sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so, but I've seen those people and I've seen other people come up and try to give them instruction and the people, they're just not trying to hear it. They, they That's not why they're there. They want to get their thing on. They right. want to do it their way. Mm-hmm. And if they wanted your advice, they would ask for it. Now, I like the story that you had about the, the guys coming to you and, and giving you that assistance. And I think that that can still be done, but it has to be in more of a roundabout way. I think you just have to you have to ease in. You have to get to know people, right? Mm-hmm. And once you do, then you can start just talking about stuff. And that's happened with me quite a bit. Like I've broken the ice with some of the bigger guys in there just because I feel like I don't, they're always there. So they're like staples in the gym. And so if I'm going to see you every day, at some point right. in time, I'm just going to go ahead and break the ice. And especially if we're working out close to each other, I'm just going to say, hey, how's it going, you know, and start talking. Well, the, so. gy- the gym's a hard place to do it, though, because, you know, the the resting bitch face is a real thing when it comes to the gym. Like, I'm sure with me and you, unless me and you were like, uh, unless me and you were like talking to each other in between sets, me and you probably both have a look on our face like, we just lifted a bunch of weight. I don't really want to talk to anybody. You know, uh-huh. it's just the way it goes. But there's a lot of guys in the gym that are like that too. Yeah. That I've never said a word to. Or if I have, you know, it's been very little. Like just a, hey, you know, how you doing? Whatever. Um, or are you using that? I mean, that, yeah. that most, like most guys in the gym, are you using that is probably the most that I've ever said to them <laughs> in, in the whole time. You, you know? done? You done yeah, with are you done? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, not to mention I've got slip not blaring in my earbuds. Right. And so my, my angst and my, you know, my adrenaline and mm-hmm. endorphins and testosterone is just, everything is just pumping. And so it's not the, the best place to, for a you know, nice, polite conversation oftentimes, but, right. but it is at the same time, you know, because I even catch myself and we've talked about gym etiquette before in podcasts, you know, of, of past in the long, long ago, but I catch myself sometimes just it, with that stare, you know, and I'm lost in, in what I'm doing. But I come to and I notice I'm looking right at somebody uh-huh. and, and now they're looking right uh-huh. at me. And so I, I try to mitigate that somehow by even, you know, giving a wave or a, a nod or something just so, you know. You know what's really bad about that for me? And I've noticed this lately is that I use that same stare. I've, I've, I've found a way to use that same stare to not have to be in conversations or have to stay out of conversations. So like. Say I'm standing next to a group of people over here um, and it's and it's open to where like if they wanted me to be involved in this conversation, they could ask me a question, but I'll I'll find that stare and stare off into something on purpose to where if they do look my way, they're thinking, oh, he's not paying attention to us anyways. Uh And they just (laughs) do they do their thing. Yeah. So now I've I've taught myself how to do that, but anymore it's not actually just me doing it on purpose it's like this is a i'm I'm literally staring like i'm off like you're talking about not really realizing who's there or what's there that i'm staring at i'm just in that zone now right so i've taught myself how to do it in situations where i want to do it but now that's led me into doing it in situations where i don't want to do it too <laughs> so you've harnessed the power and now you just have to I have to figure it out under control. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So is this a superpower or a superpower? Uh, absolutely. Maybe I'm a superhero now. I, I think you are. I'm Stairman. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the gym, 
pay it forward is of a different of a different beast, I believe. You know, in that sense, because just the other day when you and I were working out, old, old dude asked me to come spot him. Yeah, you know, that doesn't usually happen to me. You know, and I'm okay with that. But I'm also okay with helping somebody if they need a spotter every once in a while. So I, I don't. I'm not looking for a new best friend. Don't get me wrong. I already have a workout partner. So what did that? Okay, so that that instance, I remember it happening, and I remember as soon as it happened. I I had like different thoughts about it. Like I was wondering how it made you feel whenever he asked you to do that. Like, did that boost your confidence? Like, oh, he's finding one of the bigger guy, like, you know, one of the bigger guys in the gym to help him do this. Or were you thinking, were you not even thinking anything like that? You're just like, oh, a guy needed a spot. But then again, when a guy's got, you know, 250, 275 pounds on a bar, they're not going to go find the smallest guy in the gym right. to come help him lift that bar off their chest. Right. Yeah. So I, I was I was wondering how you thought about that scenario, too, because I've been there and I've thought the same thing, too. Like, I've had people ask me to spot them and I'm and I'm like, there's other people in the gym that he could have asked to spot them that are available to do it. So it kind of made me feel good that they came to me to ask me to do it. I got you. I don't know that I was thinking along those lines. It, it was a little bit of a boost for me, but more of the fact that he. And this is weird. It seems like a contradiction, which I am oftentimes a walking, talking contradiction <laughs> of myself. But I, I was happy that he felt comfortable enough to come up and ask me when he could have asked several other people. Yeah. Now, you're right. He's not going to go ask, you know, someone with stick arms to come spot him when he's got that much weight on the on the bar. Mm -hmm. He's going to ask someone who's bigger. So there is that element. But I was also, I guess, kind of just, I, I don't know. It was just like an ego boost. Like, okay, maybe I, I'm just kind of fitting in, you know? Yeah. It's it's good to fit in sometimes, and oftentimes I don't feel like I fit in in a lot of situations, a lot of you know environments and things like that, especially outside of my professional life. Like professionally, I can almost always because it's all about the job. That's my mission. Anytime other than that, I just and I always have felt this way. Like I just don't fit into a lot of places, a lot of crowds, a lot of you know cultures, things like that. So. Um, that was more of where I was going with it. I, gotcha. I just, I just felt good that he was comfortable enough to come ask me, Gotcha. you know, but the, the being big enough thing, that's obviously a factor too. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that just kind of goes with that. It's like, you know, cause I'm in the gym all the time, yeah. you know? And so I'm with you all the time. So you know this, but we're just in there all the time. People know us there. They, even though they might not know our names, they see us, they know that we're a staple there too, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so I, I think with that, and I'm assuming a little bit here, but with that, they probably, you know, they think that. Or they, they assume or know that that also comes with a level of experience, you know, a level of um, uh, work ethic and, and things like that, a level of seriousness to that, you know, to that degree. But also we go in there and we have fun. We, yeah. we laugh and, you know, have a good time and torture ourselves with lots of different exercises that you come up with off of mostly John Meadows and um, <laughs> other, other people who like to torture human beings with uh, exercise. Well, let me ask you this, and this may not be like probably – don't have to talk about this on the podcast. It's just curious. So there's there's one couple that comes into the gym most of the time when we're in there. And you notice that they're looking our way a lot. I notice that both of them are quite a bit. Yes. And I'm I'm curious on why that is. Yeah. And, and I, I think about, is it because, okay, these are two guys that are in the gym all the time that are in here do, putting in work and, that, and they respect that and they're just looking our way. And then I wonder... Does she think that we're looking at her and does he think that we're looking at her and uh -huh. that's why both of them are looking in our direction? Yeah. 
so I was thinking that, and clearly I, I'm not trying to act like we're stalkers because we're absolutely not. We are absolutely not looking at her for the like. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the scenario that they're. If that's what they're trying to paint, that's not the scenario that's being painted. I got you. But it what's shied me or what's made me think that that's not what it is is because there's been a couple of times where, um, we've had to talk to that guy or whatever, and he's like the nicest guy ever. Yeah, he is. So it makes me think that if if he thought that, that he would be a little more annoyed or maybe rude to us because he thought we were looking at his, his woman. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm just, I'm, and it's not just them. It's like, I'm sure that scenario happens in every gym and you're just curious on like, I wonder how do you, how do you take in the stairs? If they're staring at you, do you, and they're, they're a fit couple. I mean, they're both pretty, yeah. you know, pretty big for uh-huh. who they are. So them looking at us, do you, I prefer to think that it's like these are two guys that are here all the time. They're putting in work and, you know, they're decent sized and I'm impressed by it. I, w- I want to think that that's what it is. Is that what it is? I don't know. But hopefully I never know. And I can just accept that that's what it is. <laughs> I it, it's funny because I've wondered the same thing about them in particular, too, but yeah. others as well. But they're, they're one of the more prominent couples in that gym. Guy, girl couples. Um well, I mean, you know that there are scenarios, though, where guys that go into the gym with their woman, like, there's no way, like, you're in a gym full of guys. Yeah, I know. And I'm not saying us. I'm saying other guys are going to look. It's going to happen. Yeah. And if you're the jealous type, I mean, you can walk in there with one of two mindsets. You can say, these guys are looking at my woman, but I'm going home with her. Right. Or you can look at it as, I'm going to go in there and get pissed off because all these dudes are looking at my woman. Yeah. You might as well just walk in pissed off. Yeah. Because it's going to happen. But you know, but you know, the jealous type is not going to be the guy that's going to let her go in there by herself. He's got to go in there with her. Absolutely. There's no way around that. Right. So it's like, just accept, be pissed off or learn how to put that, like take that rage and put it to the weights. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? I I don't know. So a lot to unpack here. Yeah, There's a lot there. So, With those two in particular, I, I've got to be honest with you from my perspective. And, but let me let me walk this out though before you start casting judgment at me. I do look at her. She she is a she's a beautiful specimen, and it's not that she's one of the you know smaller petite you know little hotties that walks around. This chick is <laughs> muscular, man. She's got it going on. Her legs and and her well her hamstrings which is part of her legs, but just in her butt and and her, her arms are as big as mine I, I think <laughs> she, I mean she's just she's a fit girl man so I, I do I catch myself looking at her but I also I, I notice him too right and I'm not ogling like I don't I don't ogle females in the gym for a lot of different reasons for one thing it's a principle for me even if they never notice me even if I can just like sit there and stare and they would never even know or, or wouldn't care. That's not why I'm there, and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you know, I've even seen a lot of guys, you know, picking up, trying to pick up girls at the gym. It's like I just I don't want that to be why I'm there, you know, because it's distracting. Mm-hmm. And I've got goals, and that's not my goal there, and so I don't want to get off course, right? But I do. I, I look at people, and this is like the bigger point that I was getting to after you get done casting your judgment on me for looking <laughs> at her, because um, I do look at women. I, I I've seen some, and I'm not sitting there thinking, man, I'd like to have sex with her, right? I'm sitting there thinking, man, she has got some really nice hamstrings 
or look at the way that her, you know, just her curvature is, or, or her arms, or her shoulder. That that one lady that's always in there. I noticed her back muscles, man. One day when she was doing some some cable crossovers, man, her just her every muscle group in her back was just popping, and they weren't like huge, but they were just so defined. I was like, that is freaking awesome. And I'm sitting there looking at it, knowing that I'm looking at a woman. Um, but I do that, and I look at I look at guys too, not in the same way. Obviously, I'm not saying look at that guy's hamstrings, <laughs> but I do notice when when someone's cut, when they're built, you know, when they got big arms or huge shoulders or or whatever the case may be. I think it's natural to do that in a gym to some degree, right? Yeah. I think there's an etiquette to it. Once again, I, I think that there's a difference because I, I saw, or maybe I heard, might have even been on our show with one of the guys that we've talked to from Advices or something. But and I think it was about gym etiquette. It might have been Scott. But anyway, I heard at some point somebody say, you know, it's it's okay. Get you a look, you know, look at them and then move on about your business, right? Because you're going to notice a, a good-looking body. You're going to mm-hmm. notice nice muscles, big muscles, well-defined muscles. You're going to notice a pretty lady, and, and especially if she's got skimpy stuff on. And so, so it's showing. Or a lot of times it's tight, like the yoga pant type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a little short shorts. Uh, but you're going to notice these things, right? It's We're humans, and we're in there trying to make ourselves look better. Look, a big part of being in the gym for me is, is about my ego. It is. And I, I'm going to be upfront about that. Mm-hmm. And I think I always have been. I want to look better, I, but I also want to feel better. You know, I want to be in good shape. I want to live longer, all that good stuff. But I really like the whole ego boosting, looking better, getting bigger, you know, being able to throw my weight around a little bit. Not that I misuse that, but it's just the way it makes me feel because I think I'm, I'm a good steward of that. I think I can be responsible. I'm, I, you know, I'm older now. I'm not, you know, a twenties testosterone raging, you know, right. dickhead right. out there just, you know, wanting to be a bully. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the farthest thing, but, but I do like the way that it makes me look and feel in that sense, as far as my ego boost. I think that's why a lot of people, people are in the gym to look better. You know, and so I don't mind getting noticed in the gym, right? But I do think along the same lines because I've noticed the dynamic of that couple that you started talking about first. I've noticed him looking at us and she looking in turn and just the kind of the way it works. Mm-hmm. And they try not to look at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it's about. She might have the very same perspective as me. She might right. just notice those two guys. He might notice the same thing because, like you said, when we talk to that guy anytime, he's super nice yeah super nice guy and she seems like she's a little bit shyer but she she doesn't make like when i when you look at her when you make eye contact she turns away pretty quickly yeah but that's probably also because of her not wanting to get too much attention because she doesn't want to deal with you know the bullshit and maybe because she also respects her her dude you know and so she will look at you but then she's going to turn away right? right i've seen other couples now People and no, you know, no offense to anybody. I, you know, I don't care. It's not why I'm there. But women who don't look nearly as good as that that lady, but they're there with their guys, mm-hmm. and their guys are like hawking the entire time. You can just see him looking. And mm-hmm. if you look at his woman, you can look up, and he's looking right at you already. It's right. like he wants you to know that hey, that's that's not okay. Right. Um. I I don't understand why that would be hard for me to go to the gym like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I am kind of a jealous guy, so I, I wouldn't necessarily like. My lady going to the gym by herself, but I don't think I could go and have to deal with that. I think yeah. I'd rather just trust her, you know, have fun. You, you do it when you do it. If we meet up sometimes, that's fine. But that would be such a big distraction for me to have to deal with because it is a lot of human beings looking at other human beings. And yeah. once again, a lot of these human beings are going to look pretty good. Not all of them. Some of them are on their journey to looking better right. and to feeling better. And mm-hmm. that's okay, too. But at this, you know, through the process, you're going to notice, man. And I, I don't act like I don't. 
Yeah. You know, I, 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 I'm going to admit that, yeah, I look. I'm not ogling, but I look for nice features. It's just, you know, why not? Well, it, it's because you're part of that now, though, too. It's because you've been in the gym for a long time, too, and you're you're not necessarily looking at something to look at, but you're looking at something like, even if it's a, a dude that's a lot bigger than you, you know, you're looking at something that you respect mm-hmm. or that is impressive to you. Right. You know, I'm not looking at you because I'm gay. I'm looking at you because, dude, your traps are popping. Your back is popping. Like, you know, your, your quads are huge, you know? And to me, that's like, that's, you know, that's, that's awesome. But, mm-hmm. you know, the other thing, the other side of that is like social media side of um, like people that post pictures all the time. You know, I, I've seen people, I still, you know, see people who are not very big, who are in the beginning of their journey, you know, posting on social media. And that's cool. You know, if they think they think they got a good arm pump today and they're posting on social media, because even though they're a twig, they're small, if, if it makes them feel good, you know, maybe in 10 years in the, if they're huge, they can look at a before and after picture and be like, dude, this is motivation right here. Right. Comes you back know? in their memories. And right. Whatnot. You know, so. I don't know. It's just, I've, you know, that there's people out there who are jealous and don't like to see other people posting. Like, even if it's somebody that's huge, I mean, you know, even your big names like John Meadows, I'm sure he's got people who, when he posts a picture of him being in the gym or posing or whatever, there's only people out there who are going to not like it. They're going to be, but it's probably a jealousy thing Mm -hmm. or they're just not into fitness and things like that, you know? So I, I attri- I've always attributed it to like, if you have a car that you built from the ground up and you post a picture of it, how's that any different from you starting out at the bottom build- and building a body and that you are, you want people to see and that you're impressed by, but other people look at that and is like, I don't want to see that. Like I, I worked hard for this and I want to show it off. Same shit as a car. Mm-hmm. I built a car from the ground up. I put the tires on, I put the engine in, I painted it, I did all this stuff and I'm showing you what it looks like from the ground up. Yeah. You know, that's the same, that's the same thing to me. And if you don't like it, buzz off and get off my social media. Right. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. I know I took that in a different, a weird direction, but it started, it all like in my head connected to each other. Yeah, I get it. It it, kind of just comes back once again to the, I guess, gym etiquette is a, is a common phrase that I use, but just the dynamics in the gym. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. It's very interesting. I used to loathe that dynamic. I used to load that environment, you know, even though I would go to the gym, I couldn't stand just all the, the, the visibility, the noticing that, you know, the, cause people look, even when I wasn't before now, I am just not even admitting it. I, I own it. You know, I, I approve of it. I think it's okay. I think that, you know, we can, we can be all be in the same building and, and reaching our goals and we're going to notice each other, right? It's just going to happen. And just kind of, I, I let that part of that anxiety or self-consciousness or whatever it was go. Um, but I used to not like it. Um, but it, I, I don't know. I've just come to, to terms that it's okay. You know, it's okay. There's just an etiquette about it. And it goes back to paying it forward too. When I see somebody like in the, in the locker room or just in general, in the general milieu, you know, I'll say, Hey man, did you get a good workout in something like that. Cause especially if I see them often and I haven't really talked to them yet, I'll start talking to them, opening things up, you know, mm-hmm. breaking the ice. Right. That way, if they do ask me for any advice or maybe they've got something they want to give to me, 
it's not just a cold, hey, let me show you how to do this, right? It's mm-hmm. not just a, hey, I'm just assuming you don't know what you're doing, right. which might offend right. one person or the other. When right. you come at them, you know, it's, a, it's an assumption that the person's intentions might be pure. Sometimes they might not be. But oftentimes I think it is, but it, it seems like it's coming maybe from a place of condescension, you know, and so people that that's going to rub them the wrong way, if they're, especially if they're already timid in the gym in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so just breaking that ice and just being good in general, and to me, I, I might be stretching the bounds a little bit, but just saying, hey, did you get a good workout in today and things like that is kind of a, a way of paying it forward, you know, instead of, instead of, at least it's setting things up for future to be able to to do something for somebody, right. you know, because it's great to do things for strangers. You should um, at every chance you get, let them in front of you in the line, pay for their their meal, whatever the case may be. But I think we're going to get a lot more opportunity when you actually build. Just it doesn't have to be a close relationship, but just breaking that ice, mm-hmm. right? Just having a very rudimentary, fundamental, basic kindness for the people around you, and they recognize you because of that. And so it's going to it's going to open up more things for you in that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And so in a place like that, where you're congregating often, I think you're going to get more opportunity by building some level of rapport with right. those people, you know? Well, I mean, and if you think about it too, like a little bit deeper, like you can, people can benefit from that. So it's kind of tying things like a lot of things together. But if you're in, if you're in the locker room and you say, um, even if it's just like, the person's getting ready to lift and you'd be like, man, have a good workout, you know, or whatever like that. And then you go out there, they may want to do an exercise that they don't know anybody else in the gym, but you're that one person that said three words to them in the locker room. Now they might feel uh, good enough to at least come to you and be like, Hey, you care to spot me on this or something like that. Exactly. They're getting benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because you said three words to them, they're getting benefit from that because now they're doing an exercise or they feel comfortable pushing more weight. Or something like that because they got somebody that's you know going to be there to spot them yeah and then now that rapport is there and you you know you start talking to each other or whatever throughout the gym or whatever you may have a gym partner mm-hmm. you know from that in a couple of weeks or something like something along those lines yeah. so that just very very small gestures and I, I actually had that same thing with a guy uh, right after New Year's in the gym a guy that's in there all the time I'd never talked to before and uh, I was getting ready to put my headphones in in the locker room and he came in and he goes uh, he goes. Um. Oh, I can't remember what he, he said. Something about uh that he was coming in the gym to run off all those beers that he drank from the night before because it was New Year's or whatever like that, you know. And I was like, uh, I just said, yeah, same here or something along those lines. And I'd never talked to him before, but now, like, you know, there's a little bit of exchange between us in the gym and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. even if he's got that resting bitch face, I know that he's not. That's not who he like. That face isn't who he is, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. It's. It's interesting. There's a lot of different dynamics for a lot of different people all in the same place at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you've got the different levels of fitness too, which also adds to the complexity. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got people who are, you know, obese, grossly obese, right? And then you've got people who are kind of in the middle. You've got older people, you know, who are just trying to stay in shape, maintain, or maybe they got a bad uh, report from the doctor or whatever. And they need to, you know, try to exercise to, to, uh, to, uh, manage some kind of dysfunction going on in their bodies. And so you've, you've got, and then you've got people who are, you know, physically fit, kind of in their prime, you know, or looking good and, and, and doing their thing, whether it's just, you know, building bulk or whether it's just really staying in, in peak shape, you know, with the, the cross training area or something like that. 
you've got all these different kinds of people with all these different personalities, but basically in essence with roughly the same goal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Getting in better shape, you know, exercise, right? Fitness. That, that's, that's the whole goal. And so I think we can just all kind of unify on that and be kind to each other as much as possible. Now I say this, everything I said sounds really nice and sunshiny and, and half the time I'm in the gym and I'm listening to some hateful, hateful <laughs> heavy metal music and I'm, I'm just angry and, and taking it out on these weights or, or whatever it is I'm doing these machines, whatever. And I, I probably look like I'm about ready to jump out of my fucking skin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me most of the time in the gym, yeah. to, to be honest. But w- when I'm not doing that, though, I'm really, I've, I've really grown into and gotten comfortable with the, the the atmosphere and the dynamic of being around those people. Because when I first got back into the gym this last time around, because I had carried this with me, like I said, I used to hate the the, the atmosphere. I used to hate the just the whole dynamic of of everything at the gym. I, I liked the exercise part. I liked the you know the lifting and things like that. I just didn't like a lot of other things that was inherent within that that certain environment. But I've realized something because I used to think that all of the the bigger muscle head guys were, you know, just once again, I was I was preconceiving um, that they that they were uh, assholes, I guess, that they were big and they were kind of, you know, like the bullies I still thought about in high school and things like that. Just massive egos. And, yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah. hateful and, and, and always ready to make fun of you if you didn't know what you were doing or something like that. All those years... I never really took the time to actually talk to and break the ice and get to know those guys. Because right. what I've realized is um, for a lot of those guys, not all of them, some of them are very like outgoing and friendly. But for a lot of them, they are actually the the, the timid, quiet guys. And some of it might even be a little bit of a, a self-consciousness thing, mm-hmm. right? And that there's a lot of other things that we could talk about there. We could possibly break down, but there's, you know, the variables are endless. But for them, it might be because either they're self-conscious and they build themselves up physically because they deal with that self-conscious nature within themselves. Or it might be because it's kind of like the whole beautiful woman thing who never gets any dates because everybody's too afraid to ask her because they're intimidated by her. And so they right. feel disconnected. They feel kind of ostracized from most other people. because, And that's maybe how those guys have felt too. So I just learned to start breaking the ice with them too. And it just makes everything, you know, just taking the time to get to know people and, and not – um, stereotyping, I think, is also very important. Yeah, I guess the other thing is that if you break the ice with somebody and they are an asshole, yeah. now you know they're an asshole and you just walk away. <laughs> you just move on, but it's better to know it than get it out of the way because there are there are still some assholes. I've, I've met a couple, a few in our current gym. Yeah. Um, yeah, one in particular. I, really? But yeah. You have to tell me who that is afterwards. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm interested. I, I don't know him. He's not a regular oh. there. Oh, okay. Um, gotcha. he, he was there with his lady who used to be somewhat regular. Um, but yeah, just a just a real grade A ass. Nice. Yeah. The, the A, the grade A, the A stands for ass. Grade ass grade ass? ass. Grade ass ass. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, man, <laughs> time flies by when you're having fun. It's true. So good stuff, man. Pay Absolutely. it forward. Find somebody to be good to. Right. And, and be good to them, whether they're a stranger or not. But uh, try to do good things and watch the positivity wave out in front of you. Even if you don't see it, realize it. And also give other people the chance to be positive to you. Like, like take some help every once in a while. Even if, even sometimes if you don't need it. Right. Like, do it for good intentions. Just do it because you know that person will benefit from being able to help you. Because that's a big thing. You know how good it feels when you help somebody. Also realize that it makes them feel good when they can help you too. Right. And so get over yourself sometimes a little bit like I had to 
and and allow them to help you because that's doing them good and in a sense you're also helping to pay positivity forward that way oh show yeah all right man hi we out thanks again to black voodoo and thank you cep listener Remember that word of mouth feels like you're paying it forward for us, so don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume your podcast to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. And when you go to Apple Podcasts, it would help us immensely if you would give us that five-star rating while you're there to show your love for the CEP. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all your love on the socials. So go to the socials, give us some love. And be sure to visit the all-new and improved launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Go to BuyJack, pick up all your merch for the CEP, crush your cast, and raise on the radio. And yeah, that's all I got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm out there. See ya.